Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today's guest is someone who I am a huge personal fan of. Her name is Morgan Haley. She is also known as the Southern Yogi on Instagram. You can find her by searching the underscore Southern underscore Yogi, and you will find her beautiful yoga practice, but beyond all of her gorgeous photos of her just super strong, beautiful self flowing through yoga and doing inversions and doing exercises from her Ab Asanas ebook that she sells, which is all about strengthening the core. You will find her sharing her life authentically and really giving her followers a glimpse into authentically what she does every day. So you'll get to know her cat, you'll get to know her dog, you'll get to know her boyfriend and her friends and her family. And that's what I love about following Morgan. I've been following her for about two and a half years, which she knows because we talked about it in the podcast. You guys will hear that again. I discovered Morgan through either through a yoga hashtag or something like that um, a couple Decembers ago. So I've been following her for a long time and I've been really engaged with what she's doing and I followed her through a divorce and through all of this really personal struggle in her life that she chose to very courageously share with the world and that's something that we talk about today in this episode. We also talk about her teacher training journey, how she found her voice as a yoga teacher, how she has um, really blossomed to teach these workshops all over the world and how she deals with expending all of that energy and sharing it with people. Um, Having been in a similar position, I've struggled with that and it's been hard at times. Like as much as we love this, it can be really challenging to come up with the energy to always be so on. And Morgan has some incredible tips and incredible insight for that. I'm just really impressed with how articulate she is and how eloquent she is. And she's the true definition of a yogi. She has a beautiful soul. It radiates through this podcast and you guys are going to love her. I'm excited for the interview. I also wanted to thank you guys for supporting and listening to my solo podcast on trauma from a couple weeks ago. 
That was a story that I never thought I would share on this podcast or on my blog or social media or anything like that. It happened to me a decade ago and as much as I've shared about it in my own life, I didn't really think that it would that it would come out in this way, but it has been so therapeutic to share the details of my trauma experience and my post-traumatic stress disorder and to get such beautiful responses from you guys. Um, I have read every single DM, every single email, every single comment in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. And if you have, let me know what you thought of the episode. We've probably talked because I have made a huge point to respond to every single person's story that I've been able to. If I missed you, always feel free to reach out again because I know that it helps to just remember that we're all in this together and you are not alone if you've suffered from trauma or anything difficult. And I'm just really grateful that you guys listened to the episode and that it resonated. And I just want you to know that there are a lot more solo episodes on the horizon. We're going to always continue to do our interviews on Wednesdays with these incredible soul on fire humans like Morgan. And I also really happened to enjoy the solo podcast style and got a lot of feedback from you guys that you enjoyed the solo podcast style too, just as a change. So there will be a lot of topics to come. I really look forward to incorporating that and sharing all of the personal stuff with you guys. And lastly, before we dive into the episode with Morgan, I wanted to give a huge thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Hum Nutrition. You may have seen Hum Nutrition on Instagram, on their social media. They have an awesome presence. They work with a lot of people in the wellness space because I think a lot of us have just genuinely fallen in love with their products. I worked with them via Mind Body Green a couple months ago. We did a really, really fun piece that Hudson was a part of. So you guys can search that on Mind Body Green if you want to read more about that and see these hysterical I should actually probably post on my Instagram story this hysterical picture of me with Hum Nutrition and Hudson. I'm holding him and he like looks like this really scared, angry teddy bear in the picture. He's like so mad and it was his chubby face and it was just like the best thing in the whole world. And if you're listening and you don't know who Hudson is, he's my cat. You can listen to him on one of the earlier episodes. We had a pet psychic on here. It was awesome. But to get back to Hum Nutrition, first, I wanted to tell you that they are offering 20% off of your first purchase at humnutrition.com with the code SOUL20. So that's capital S-O-U-L 20, of course, for the Soul on Fire podcast. And for the Soul on Fire tribe, that is you. We're also hosting a giveaway of Hum Nutrition for everybody listening. And I think that a really fun way to do it would be to do it this time in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. So if you're not part of the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, it's a really fun place to be. We are always in communication with each other. We ask questions about wellness, health, all that good stuff. People have met friends in their area to go to yoga with, to go to fun Ayurvedic events with. And it's just a really cool community and tribe. 
So if you're not yet part of the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, you can search that and send a request and I'll accept you. We will also put the link to the Facebook group in the show notes and I will host the giveaway for Hum Nutrition there. So I'll post a photo from this episode and you can comment on it and tell us why you want to try home nutrition and we will choose a couple winners. You can win up to a year's supply of certain products of theirs. So I will tell you all about Hum Nutrition. They are an all-natural line of supplements, and their goal is to use science-based and clinical-backed nutrition as a tool for helping people who are looking to feel amazing. All of their products are, of course, sustainably sourced, non-GMO, free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, and preservatives, and most of them are organic and vegan. So if you have any concerns like breakouts or aging or redness or inflammation or uneven skin tone or thinning hair, under eye circles, eczema, so many different things. I can tell you that I personally suffer with skin inflammation, redness, huge bags under my eyes when I'm tired. The nutrients in Hum Nutrition products can have a very, very profound effect on all of those concerns. So they can help to repair your skin. They can help to provide continued care and protection and longer lasting results than topical creams. And they're also better for you from the inside out. So I'm a huge fan. If you go to their website, they even provide personalized product recommendations from a registered dietitian based on your lifestyle. So You can take this three-minute evaluation on their site. We will also put that in the show notes. And the registered dietitian is available to answer specific questions and can support you. So be sure to do that. Be sure to use the code SOUL20 because, of course, you want to get your 20% off. And you also can enter the giveaway in the podcast tribe. And you can find Hum Nutrition if you wanted to shop it in person at lots of different places like Sephora, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Free People, Goop, so many other places. And I'll just tell you my personal favorite products are their Beauty Z, which helps to promote a restful beauty sleep. It has natural melatonin, B6. Um, It's all vegetarian. And you know that I have a lot of trouble sleeping and I really find that it helps just with that natural dose of melatonin in my system. And I also really like their daily cleanse supplement. And it's cleansing for the skin, the liver, the bowel, the kidneys, and the lungs. It has organic algae, cleansing minerals, and it's just really detoxifying and fantastic. And they have all sorts of other things. I really like their stress supplement that's called the Big Chill. But head to humnutrition.com, check it out for yourself, find what you're most interested in, use the code SOUL20, and enter the giveaway. So now, after I've told you all this amazing stuff about so many different things, I'm very excited to dive in and talk to Morgan Haley, the Southern Yogi, also known as my personal favorite person to follow on Instagram, and that is the truth. Okay, guys, I'm here with Morgan Haley, the Southern Yogi. 
who happens to be one of my absolute favorite people to follow on Instagram. There's only only a handful of people who I actually search every single day to see what they're up to and to watch their stories and to see all their pictures, read every word of their caption. And Morgan is one of them. And it's been that way for a couple of years. I think I discovered your Instagram, Morgan, when I was home in Sacramento, like two winters ago, probably. And I don't even know like how I came across it. It might've been like a yoga hashtag or like maybe somebody tagged you. And ever since then, I've been like immersed in your life, probably more than you know, but it's really cool. (laughs) It's really cool to watch somebody from afar and just like really soak in their vibe. You have such a good vibe. You share so much. You're incredibly authentic, which I'm really excited to talk to you about because I think it takes a certain level of like major self-awareness and self-work to be able to be so authentic to such a really large audience. And that's how you are every day. So I can't wait to dive in and talk about all of it. Morgan's also the creator of two eBooks, Ab Asanas and Ab Asanas 2.0, which will totally like change your whole practice, change your core, strengthen everything. You guys have to look up Morgan on Instagram, the Southern Yogi with underscores while we do this interview because you'll just die at how strong she is and how awesome she is. So before we dive into all the questions, Morgan, if you would introduce yourself and kind of tell our listeners what you do, that would be awesome. Hey guys, I am Morgan, um, or as Jordan said, the Southern Yogi on Instagram and Man, I feel like I just learned like a whole bunch of things I didn't know about myself <laughs> listening to Jordan introduce me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, so that was awesome. But um, so I've been on Instagram doing yoga specifically for about three years now. And I actually didn't start doing it full time until January 2016. Um, And before that, I was a barista for about six years at Starbucks. Um, But I quit doing that last year when I took my 200-hour teacher training and then decided to pursue yoga full-time as my passion. And then after that, you know, everything just kind of like was a snowball effect on Instagram. And I honestly can't even give you a clear-cut answer of how I got to where I am today. But I'm just so excited and grateful to be here. Yeah. Well, it's incredible to watch you evolve and to see how you have really gone from working at Starbucks and doing Instagram on the side and sharing your yoga inspiration on the side to really turning it into this full-blown career where you teach workshops around the world like we were just talking about before we recorded, which can be amazing and exhausting and exhilarating. And it's just so cool. And you teach in Kentucky, right? A couple times a week? Um, Yeah, so I teach in Louisville. And actually right now, um, I'm just teaching once a week um, on Sundays at a CrossFit gym. And I do that with my partner, Keone. Um, We kind of co-teach a vinyasa flow together. Um, And I wish we could teach more locally, but right now we're just traveling so much that I think we would be canceling classes like every single week if we had more than one going on. Yeah, that would be hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a little bit too much, but we love the people that come to our Sunday class and it's just super chill and down to earth. Um, so we really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you guys teach acro yoga in class? We don't. So we keep, um, our Sunday class is actually mainly focused on CrossFit athletes. Um, both of us have a pretty athletic background with Keone being a personal trainer and power lifter and myself being a competitive swimmer for 10 years. So we both kind of understand like the need in the fitness world to really like open up those areas of tightness, you know, whether it's like the, the chest and the shoulders or the hips and the hamstrings. So our Sunday class is more geared towards the CrossFit athletes and like really opening up those areas for them. That's amazing. That's the kind of yoga that people ask me about all the time. People who are kind of intimidated by yoga because it looks like you have to be so flexible and you have to have this certain body type, but that's totally not true. So that's really cool. I know. I think that's like the funniest part of yoga is just that must be like the number one um, statement that I get told. Like when I bring up yoga is, oh, I'm not flexible to do that. And I'm like, you know, that's like telling your doctor that you're too sick to go see them. Like you do yoga because it helps you become more flexible and opens you up. Exactly. It's for everybody. It's so accessible. So that's really cool that you guys teach those kinds of classes. And I know that your workshops around the world are pretty much acro yoga based for the most part, which I'm so intrigued by. And if you guys ever come to LA, I'm dying to take a workshop because acro is just something that I've never really done that much of, but I think it's so cool. It is amazing. We we absolutely love teaching it and Um, it was funny because we were both doing it on our own, like separately. And, um, we met each other at the CrossFit gym, like funny enough that we teach out of now, um, about a year and a half ago. And we just like instantly just started practicing like four or five times a week and getting super serious about it. And it's just really cool. Cause I think it, it helps people, you know, not only take their own practice from their mat and like mesh that with another person, but it creates a whole nother level of like connection and trust with a human being, whether that's a guy and a girl or a girl and a girl or a guy and a guy, like it's just, um, it's just bringing like a whole nother sense of like awareness and trust to your practice. That's like really special. Yeah, that is so special. Well, I've loved watching your relationship blossom from afar. And I feel like probably breaking through those barriers with acro and all of the eye contact and just like trusting another person probably built such an amazing foundation for your relationship. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's always really special to be, I think like best friends with someone before it turns into anything else. And then having that, you know, extra like step of, you know, acro in the mix of all that just, I think made it even better in the long run. So it's definitely always a working process. So like I tell people, you know, everything is not always what it seems on Instagram. So we always have our little quirks and like squabbles and like any other couple would, but, um, you know, it is, it's really cool when you're able to just have someone that you can sit and talk to about anything and know that, you're always going to like want to work things out and have that open communication with them. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, a question that I have um, that we might as well dive into since we're already talking about your relationship is kind of 
How did you navigate um, bringing that relationship kind of public? Because you have a very public profile. And I know for a while you guys were keeping it under wraps, which is so cool. And I think, you know, a lot of us in this kind of industry choose to do that at first because at first it can be really interesting to share something new and the other person isn't always really up for being so publicly shared. So I'm just really interested in how you guys transitioned from starting to date to eventually bringing it very public. Well, you know, there wasn't any like clear cut line for us along the way of when our relationship became like from friendship into an actual relationship, which is kind of cool, but also like kind of hard to explain to people when they ask like, so when did you guys become a couple? And I'm just like, um, I don't really know. (laughs) But, um, it did happen sometime back in the fall. So fall 2016 and just for the discretion and, you know, emotions of like the person that I had left and been with for eight years, we didn't immediately put it online. Um, just because I think there is a certain level of, you know, compassion that you have to have for that other person, as far as being considerate of their feelings and what that would make them feel like. And so we waited until, gosh, when was it? I think it was, it was the new year. Um, like the beginning of 2017 to say anything. And, you know, there isn't really a handbook for how any of this should go. And I think it came down to us just realizing that, you know, you can be the juiciest peach on the tree and someone still isn't going to like peaches. And at the end of the day, we felt like we were in a good spot in our relationship and comfortable putting it out there online. And we just had to realize that no matter what anyone else said, what anyone else thought, um, that we were doing this for us and we weren't doing it for our Instagram followers, for family members, for friends. Um, we were doing it because we felt like it was the right time to do it. And I think that's all you can do. Like, as long as you're living your truth and doing things for you, I think that's all anyone can ever expect of you. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, that's the best way to do it, to just share authentically when you're ready. And it feels so good to do that, to put something out there, especially because your Instagram is so personal and so authentic to you, even as it's grown. And especially as it's grown, you've been able to maintain this totally just open, candid relationship with the people who follow you. And I think that's must have felt so good to then share that you were in this really happy relationship. Yes, it was definitely like a huge weight lifted. I mean, my goal from day one when I got on Instagram was always just to be as true to myself as I possibly could. And I always like tell people when they meet me, like, I hope it feels like you're meeting, you know, an old friend. And I hope that what I put out on Instagram um, rings true if we ever do meet in real life. Cause I never want it to seem like I'm one person online and then one person face to face. Yeah. Well, I think you do a really good job of that. And I'm sure most recently when you were in Europe doing all of your travels and teaching your workshops, you probably met so many people who have this image of you feel like they totally know you. And what was that like? Because I know that that can be, it's amazing to meet people who are so 
interested in what you're doing and just really look up to you. But it can also be really energy draining because it it's like it takes so much to share authentically with one person, let alone hundreds in a matter of weeks. So what was that like? Yes. Oh my goodness. So I mean, well, first, I guess the best word to describe it is just overwhelming and not in like, you know, a negative sense, but just in a, you know, you're taking in everyone's like energy and emotions and it's just, it's so overwhelming because I want to be able to give that same energy back to every single person. Um, and that's something that is really hard to do. And then on top of that, you're hearing everyone's stories. And, you know, I think the, at the heart of like humanity, we all want to relate to another person, like in some way. And so, you know, you get all these stories and all these people and everyone's always trying to relate to your story. And, it's really, really cool in one sense, but in another sense, you want to be like, you know, you have your own story and we're all like so different and that's so special. And I never want anyone to feel like, you know, they have to blaze a certain path because that's what my path looked like. Um, and so it's just really cool. It's just cool and crazy and scary and exciting and weird (laughs) to meet all these people and like hear all their stories and experience all the emotions. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just like really grateful for all of it because that's the best thing about Instagram to me. Um, you know, you hear all those little like negative things about social media today, but you know, one of one of the best things that I've gotten out of all of it is just meeting people from around the world. And I feel like I could travel almost anywhere. And when I land at the airport, have someone that I can give a hug to or stay at their house if I need a place to crash. And I mean, like, you can't really ask for anything more than that in life. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, I agree. I think it's crazy the way that Instagram has connected the world and especially people with like-minded interests and the way that we're able to find each other from anywhere and then like really get immersed in someone else's life. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yes. So as far as really being a public person and traveling and teaching these workshops and meeting all these amazing people who are so excited to be in your presence. I know that you've mentioned a couple times that you are naturally more of a shy person, more of an introvert, which I can totally relate to also. And I I find it so interesting that a lot of us who are that way end up being very much in um, a more public industry and the type of place (laughs) where we're sharing so much. So what has that been like? And do you feel that being on social media and sharing to these hundreds of thousands of people has helped you come out of your shell? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I think definitely once I got on Instagram, um, well, I had no idea when I first got on that it was going to turn into anything that it was like today. And it's, it's definitely something I struggled with along the way. I remember, um, getting so caught up in it all about a year in. And I actually took like a month off of it because it became so just like overwhelming. And you almost have to definitely grow some thick skin, um, especially if you do decide to like stay very vulnerable and open. Like you will get opinions from just about 
anyone and everyone. And like, I know, you know, probably as much as I do, if not better. Um, but it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You know, someone's always going to have something, whether it's positive or negative to say. And for some reason, like the negative things always seem to be the ones to stick out. Of course. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) But it's definitely made me think too about, you know, I think, I think there's a difference between vulnerability and authenticity. And I think that you can be authentic without having to spill like every single detail of your life on social media and just leaving a little bit of mystery there. Um, and I think that's completely fine. Like it's, you know, you can still keep that, like that authenticity and that trueness to yourself without giving everyone, you know, all the highs and lows and every single detail of what's been going on. And so that's been like a huge learning curve for me. Um, just in how I write my captions and what I do post online, because some things I think are just meant for you or you and your partner um, and, you know, not to be shared with the whole world. So it's just been like a good learning experience of like opening up and knowing how much to share and then what to hold on to and just like keep special for yourself. Yes, I love that. And that has been something that has been so important to learn over the years with Instagram and blogging that if you overshare, sometimes you're inviting, even if it's accidental, totally accidental, because I do this a lot. Sometimes you're accidentally inviting like opinions that you don't want, basically, that are not always positive. And then sometimes I later think, well, maybe that would have been better to keep to myself because this is a little more controversial than I thought it would be. Um, And I know that you experienced that so much with, in particular, your divorce, which I cannot even begin to imagine, um, but you really navigated it very well, I think, um, in terms of what you shared and how you responded like so positively, um, even when people were really hard on you because people are crazy on the internet. It's just a fact. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But tell us a little bit how you got through that because that is one thing that um, I'm sure a lot of people listening have been through or are like terrified of. So it's just an interesting story. Yeah, no, I mean, it absolutely is. And gosh, I mean, I think going through a divorce in general is hard enough. Like A, anyone who's been through a divorce, like props to you, pat on the back because it absolutely sucks. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And then you top it off with going through a divorce and having over 300,000 people that watch your every move. And that's just like a whole nother animal, I feel like. And I actually wasn't planning on making it public until my ex made it public without my knowing. And all of a sudden my DMs were just getting flooded. (laughs) And I was like, all right, guess we're doing this. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So I went ahead and put a post up and, you know, something that I don't really like ever brag about myself, but I, I, I still do pride myself on the fact I never once shredded or, you know, like defamed his character online. And, you know, I think that goes back to the whole, like, you know, knowing what to share and what not to share. And it's really nobody's business. I think for anyone in a relationship that's 
you know, been broken up with or choose to like leave the situation for certain reasons. It's nobody's business why you did that. And you don't ever have to feel like you owe anyone an explanation on why that is between you and your partner. Absolutely nobody else. Um, so I kept that under wraps, which was very, very, very hard. And it still is hard because, you know, at that point you're leaving people to come up with their own assumptions of what happens. Um, and so I think, um, that's a huge, huge character building step for, you know, anyone going through that because it really, really makes you, you know, really kind of go back into yourself and know that, you know, that, you know, that why you're doing that and holding on to your truth. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, um, because people are going to think and assume the worst. Like it's just natural human nature, unfortunately. It's true. Yes. And so I don't know, I think just holding on to that and then having a support group of friends, um, that you can talk to and vent to like in confidence is so, so important. Um, just having those handful of people that will walk, through fire for you. I don't, it's just, that was what got me through all of this. Like I honestly wouldn't have gotten through it without my friends and my therapist. And that's kind of my next point is <laughs> I was so against like counseling therapy, whatever you want to call it. I'd had a few bad experiences with it and I decided to give it another shot after I left my relationship. And I'm so thankful that I did because I found an amazing person who literally like pulled me up out of the depths of despair that I was in and just really like pulled me through all of this. So I think just, you know, self-positivity manifesting like what your next five, even 10 minutes is going to look like, um, having a support group of friends and then seeing a therapist is literally like what pulled me through the last almost year now. So, and then, you know, whatever you decide to put online, like other people's opinions, you're just going to have to like, let them roll off your shoulders. And like, I know that's easy to say, but it's, and it's another thing to let that happen. But at the end of the day, people with those like negative opinions, it's just like a reflection back on themselves of much deeper issues that they're dealing with personally. So I think if you can just hold that grace and space for people and just realize that, you know, we're all humans and we're all struggling with something, it kind of makes like hearing those opinions of yourself um, a little bit easier. Yeah, that's amazing advice. And it is such the truth because it's, it's so hard to remember in the moment, but it's so true that people who have a negative reaction to something that you're doing, especially if it's a stranger, it's really just what they're going through and that's what they're putting on you. And it's, I mean, it's easy to say, like you said, but then when you get a mean comment, it's just like, ah, sometimes it's just, it's so hard to view it that way. But that's kind of what you've got to learn how to do. And um, probably going through this divorce so publicly thickened your skin, I'm sure, to those yes. negative comments because you had to get used to what people were going to say. And that's kind of, I mean, it's such a different thing than what I publicly did, which was to stop being vegan and got all of that hate. And as much as the hate hurts, it really thickens your skin. And then you almost have to just thank 
thank those people, like be grateful because now you can handle so much more. Like your bandwidth just expands. And I love that you mentioned therapy. I'm also a huge therapy advocate. I think it's just so important, especially if you find the right therapist, kind of like you said, someone who you can like really relate to. So that's amazing. You have your whole support system and you're in a good place. Yeah. Yes. And how has yoga played a role in that experience? Oh my goodness. Aside from everything, because yoga is like everything that you do. Oh my goodness. Yoga was huge for me when I was moving through that part of my life. I mean, my mat became my home. You know, at that point, my home wasn't a, a house or a person anymore. Like it was, it was me and my mat. And that's where I went. You know, that's where I turned to when I needed to release anything. And some days my practices were just me sitting and like literally crying on my mat for hours. And some days I would just lay there. Um, But it was always there for me. And it was so interesting to see how my practice did evolve. Like I look back at the videos that I posted over those months And subconsciously, I was doing so many heart openers and I didn't even recognize it until someone pointed it out to me. And they're like, Morgan, do you, do you realize like how different your practice has looked recently? And like, not in a bad way, but like, you know, look how many heart openers you're doing, like every time you flow. And I think it's just so interesting. Like if you listen to your body and like you're in tune with yourself, like it knows what it needs. Um, and so I just thought that that was such a cool example of, you know, like my body knew exactly what it needed at that time in its life. And my practice looked so different during those months, you know, than it does now, because I have a very like fast paced, like strength based practice. Like, I mean, everyone that follows me knows I do a lot of handstands, a lot of inversions. I actually normally shy away from heart openers. Um, so I think that's just cool that if you truly are like moving with your breath and listening to your body, it's going to give you exactly what you need, um, based off of, you know, that season of your life. And so yoga was just, it was such like a special, It was a very special part of my journey, like throughout the three years that I've been doing yoga. Um, And it taught me a whole lot about myself and my practice. And it was just really neat. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so true that stepping onto your mat can feel like just the biggest emotional release or emotional wave. And it, it blows my mind every time because it's just, a yoga mat, or it just seems like it's just a yoga mat, but oh my God, the things that happen when you step onto a mat sometimes and you needed it to flow through all of that. And it's crazy that the body always knows. And I, it's funny that you say that about heart openers because a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was more like a month ago, my, um, my chest was feeling like kind of clenched and I was, I like went to a yoga class. We did some wheel and some heart openers and it was just so hard for me. And I was thinking, why is this? These are usually my favorite poses. And then later I was home on my mat and just thinking about it and kind of realizing that I was storing all of my stress and basically everything that I was worried about or any fears 
right in my heart. So I just started doing more camel, more heart openers. And it's crazy that the body like holds on to all of that tension. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. So I just wanted to take a brief pause here from this awesome conversation with Morgan to tell you guys about another sponsor of this podcast episode, Fourth and Heart Ghee. So you've probably heard about ghee if you're into the bulletproof lifestyle or the Ayurvedic lifestyle or basically just into this wellness-minded lifestyle to begin with because ghee is clarified butter. It's a dairy-free alternative to butter. It's so good for you, full of healthy fats. And the exciting thing about Fourth and Heart is that they have flavored ghee, which is kind of revolutionary. They started doing this a while ago, and that's how I discovered them. They have these delicious flavors from Madagascar vanilla to Himalayan pink salt to California garlic to white truffle. And they, of course, have their original recipe. So basically, it's suitable for every meal of the day. You can use it in sweet recipes, savory recipes. I love to use it in, of course, Bulletproof Coffee. I use the Himalayan pink salt or the white truffle for my eggs and for baking and grilling vegetables, sauteing vegetables. There's so many different ways to use it, which I find really exciting. Maybe I'm a dork, but I love cooking with ghee. And I also love that it's friendly to the paleo lifestyle, Whole30, keto. So if you dabble in any of those lifestyles, then you are totally safe with ghee. It's lactose-free and it's really good for digestion. And Fourth and Heart has come out with a lot of new products lately that I have been using ever since they sent them to me. And I may or may not have been bragging about them to some people who came over that I cooked for recently because the pourable oil that they just came out with is perfect for cooking with. It has a smoke point of 485 degrees. So it's ideal for high heat cooking and it won't break down into toxins and free radicals, which is very important. I would only share Share something with you that is totally safe to use and cook with. So it's still full of omega-6 and 9 fatty acids, the pourable oil. They also just came out with a ghee spray, which makes using ghee extremely simple. You just have to spray it on a pan or a baking tray and just run with it. And they also just came out with to-go packets, which are perfect for traveling, for road trips for um, barbecues at the beach with your friends. You can put it in your yoga bag so you can always have ghee with you if you want to turn something into more of a healthy, fat, rich drink or food. Of course, I say drink because I'm such a beverage person. That's what I always have. So just a couple health benefits are it's great for digestion, helps to increase metabolism because it speeds up your metabolism, which helps you burn fat and of course lose weight. It's anti-inflammatory, so it's rich in omega fatty acids, lowers cholesterol, boosts heart health, and rids the body of excess bile, which is always good. It strengthens your immunity doesn't break down into free radicals like I mentioned. And of course, it's gluten-free and dairy-free. So I wouldn't tell you you guys about anything that's not gluten-free or dairy-free for the most part because that's just my lifestyle. So countless studies have reported that fat is essential in a healthy lifestyle. 
And sugars, of course, are the culprit in the obesity epidemic, not fat. So don't fear fat. Ghee is just a better butter for you. It's a decadent spread. It's delicious. And something super cool about Fourth and Heart is that it was established as a female-run company. And I have been in touch with the founder. She's a really cool person. And it's really exciting because they have offered to do a giveaway with you guys. And there's going to be two winners. So each winner will receive one jar of ghee, one spray, one oil, and three to-go packets. So that's their brand new stuff. You'll receive one to-go packet in each flavor. So that's pretty exciting. And the way that you can enter is by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. And then of course, sending me a screenshot, either direct message or on email. So now we'll hop back into the conversation with Morgan. So that was your yoga journey in a nutshell. And you did your teacher training a couple years ago. And what was that like? Did you know that you wanted to start teaching or were you just doing the training to deepen your practice? I actually did the teacher training. It was so funny. Like, uh, it seemed like such an inconvenience at the time. So when I wrote my first Abhasana's book, I didn't want to release it until I had my 200 hour teacher training. Cause I just didn't feel like, I don't know. I, and this varies individual to individual, but for me personally, I didn't feel like morally right about releasing like an exercise guide without having some sort of certification for it. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to do my 200 hour, like get it out of the way. And I was actually really annoyed going into it that like I had, you know, these 25 days that I had to devote my time to. Yes. I totally get that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but little did I know that it was literally the best month of my life. Um, I absolutely loved every second of it. It was like one of those it was the hardest month of my life, but the best month of my life. And I guess I graduated from it, uh, that last February. And it's so funny. I, I was actually more comfortable teaching yoga before my teacher training than afterwards, because I think there's this huge pressure on yoga instructors or anyone getting a certification that you have to like know your shit after you're certified and know all the answers to everything and be the best of the best. And I just think that is not true at all. And, you know, I feel like that's one of the number one questions that I get is how do I find my voice? Like how, you know, how do I start teaching after I've gone through my 200 hour, like YCT and like I didn't start teaching until three or four months after I graduated. I don't think there's like a timetable for when you have to start or if you ever want to start. That's just so personal based on the individual. And for me, I just had to let all that information soak in and then just realize that, you know, it's okay to not know all the answers. And I think, you know, you'll draw the people in your classroom that should be there and that need to be there. And, and not everyone is going to want to be in your class or like how you teach and that's okay. And so I think just coming in like to the realization of all of that just made me so much more comfortable, like teaching and finding my voice. Um, and just knowing that it was okay to like be me and the people that are meant to be in my classroom will show up. 
Yes, that I love that. And it's, it's, it is true. It's like this big fear. I think that people who go through a teacher training have that afterwards, well, what if, what if I get up there and someone asks me a question that I don't know, or what if I seem really inexperienced and it's just something you have to work through with experience. So that's amazing advice. I love that you said the people who are meant to be there will show up because that's just such the truth with anything. And I remember when I um, was in the middle of a teacher training that I recently did, a 300 hour, which I also went into with such kind of a chip on my shoulder, like this is so much time, but I really want to do this so that I can really feel, you know, legitimate with certain things that I'm trying to do. But I, I felt the same way, like this is, this is, where I'm going to be spending all of my days. And this is a lot of time. And I just want this to be over. That's how I felt beforehand. And I remember telling someone during like a yoga teacher whose class I take here all the time, like, I just have to figure out what my voice as a teacher is going to be. Like, I don't know what style I really want to teach. And he was like, are you, are you kidding, Jordan? Like, just be you. You can't, decide what kind of voice you want to use. Like you're just going to have to be you. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, that makes it so much easier. I can just be me. I don't have to be this like really strict alignment-based teacher that I'm just not, or like, you know, all these other things. So that's so true. Yeah. I totally feel that. I was the same way with, um, when I started teaching, feeling like, you know, you go into a lot of classrooms and you get people that are very naturally good at like sounding like just walking and talking like poetry. And I am not that person. Like you will never step into my class. I'm never going to have a super like mushy, feel good Shavasana. Like that's just not my area of expertise. And that's like not who I am as a teacher. And so I don't think that, you know, as yoga teachers, like we don't have to confine ourselves to a box to, you know, be like one style of teacher. And, you know, just like you were saying, it's just, that's totally fine. Like just be you, be yourself because like, there's no one else out there exactly like you. And that's so special. Yeah, exactly. And I think that requires a lot of really digging deep personal work to know who you are and to really like bring that authenticity to the table when you teach so that you can be you and not be like shaking with nerves or um, just, you know, panicked about what you're going to say. And do you feel like you've gotten a lot more comfortable over time having now been teaching for a while? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still struggle with, you know, some things I, I guess I've learned to hone in on the areas that I'm passionate about just because that feels authentic to me. Like I never try to force teaching things that don't really like speak to me or that I don't practice a lot. Like I will never teach a backbend or splits workshop. Like it's just never going to happen. Like I could do it. I know the words to say, I know what to tell you to get into those things, but it's not something that I practice regularly or I'm super passionate about. So I would never like force myself, um, in a, like to put myself in a situation like that. Um, so I think it's really, really good to like hone in on 
what you're passionate about, like a few things that you really enjoy doing in your practice. And then kind of let like your classes form around those things, whether it's, you know, focusing on your core or if you like heart openers, or if you're very like lower body, like oriented and you love like grounding standing poses. Um, and so I think just kind of like you, you are teaching as a reflection off of your own practice. So I think the first thing that happens as teachers is we start to lose our own practice because we get so caught up in helping and teaching others, which is great. But the core of who we are, you know, as teachers stems off of like what we learn on our own time and on our own mats. You can, you know, you can take as many like sequencing classes or yoga teacher trainings as you, as you want. But at the end of the day, like the way that you're going to teach other people, like comes from the time that you put in and spend on your mat. Yes, absolutely. And it's true. I think when new teachers start teaching classes, sometimes that space in their day where they used to practice gets filled with teaching. And I think a lot of us struggle at first to make the time to get on our mats um, because we're more focused on setting up sequences for our students, like you were saying. And also some people only have like a window of time where they're either going to work out or they're going to like teach a class. Yeah. I think that that is, is something that a lot of new teachers struggle with. And I had always heard that before I started teaching and I always thought, well, that's never going to happen to me. I'm just going to be flexible and I'm going to make sure that I always practice. And of course, that was the first, I like majorly happened to me. The first thing that happened to me when I started teaching was, oh my God, I don't feel like I have time to do my own practice. And that was really difficult um, until I figured out what my new routine would look like. And I also had overcommitted at first, which I'm sure you can relate to, (laughs) to, oh yeah, I'll teach this class. I'll sub every single (laughs) night class. And that was not good for me because I need time to myself at night and I'm not a night teacher, which is something that I learned. It's all just so interesting. I think that teaching really shines a light on a part of our personality that we don't know anything about until we teach something. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be anything. Um, But when you start like really sharing with someone that way, trying to be a a guiding light, a teacher for them, it's just like, whoa, a lot of stuff comes up. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. So switching gears from yoga for a little bit, um, I know that you've talked about food and your relationship with food and how you really listen to your body and you're, you're a yoga teacher who's not a vegan. So I can appreciate that you listen to your body, <laughs> but of course, all of the vegans listening, we, we are accepting of everybody, everybody who listens to their body. It's amazing. So what is your philosophy on food and how do you fuel yourself for your very active workouts? Oh my goodness. So for me, um, I don't really believe in like diets per se. Um, I kind of just eat everything in moderation. And I know like the people that ask me like, what's your eating like, you know, like what's your meal plan prep? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, you're going to hate me. I'm the worst person to ask this question to Cause I literally don't do any of that. And the way that we grew up, um, my mom raised seven of us and homeschooled all of us. And we 
we always just ate like everything, but from like a good source, like we were never, you know, we were never allowed to have like the sugary cereal or, you know, my mom was like hand making like bread and granola and every single meal was from scratch. And I know like some people aren't fortunate enough to have, you know, a parent figure in their life to be able to do that for them. And so people make the best of, you know, the situation with what they have. But I was, I feel so blessed and like grateful to have a mom that did that for us. And so that's just kind of what I brought into my adulthood. Like, you know, I do eat carbs, but the carbs I eat are from like very good sources. And I, I I do splurge on sugar, but you know, I'm not sitting there eating an entire tub of ice cream. Like I have a few bites of it and then I'm done. And so that's kind of my philosophy just with food is like, everything in moderation. Um, I would say my biggest downfall is my sweet tooth. Um, I literally like if I crave anything, it is sugar. And I did actually like track what I was eating for a few weeks just because I was curious, like how much sugar I was taking in throughout the day. And I noticed that, um, even though I don't eat a lot of it in one sitting, I was eating small quantities of it, like many, many times throughout the day. So whether that was like a teaspoon of sugar in my tea in the morning or putting like honey on my peanut butter toast for breakfast, or even eating, you know, like the Chobani yogurts, but like one of the flavored ones, Um, I just really started to pay attention to how much sugar was in things. And that's when I really started kind of like cutting back or doing like eggs and spinach for breakfast instead of like my peanut butter and honey toast, or I totally cut sugar out of my tea and started realizing, you know, that the whole milk that I was putting in it, you know, already breaks down into a sugar. So I think it's just kind of like educating yourself and just being aware of what you're putting into your body and realizing that it's going to look different for everyone. Like, you know, someone else might do terrible off of my diet and like it wouldn't work for them at all. So I don't think it's one of those things that you can make really black and white and just write it out and be like, here, this is going to work for you because it works for me. Um, so again, I just think that's like, it's super personal and individual for everyone. Yes. I couldn't possibly agree more. It's all about (laughs) balance, listening to your body. You're so articulate with describing that, with describing everything. It's very, very impressive, but I completely (laughs) agree. I love that. So this is a question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And one of my favorite questions to hear people answer, if you were a color, what kind of color do you feel best represents your energy? Ooh, that is a hard one. Um, I would say I'm very, very drawn to calming neutral tones. And I would say probably olive green if I was a color. I love the like sense of grounding that it gives me. Um, it reminds me of the earth and of being outside and it's, oh my gosh, if you guys saw my closet, like probably 75% of it is olive green. And really? I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. But I guess, like, yeah, we are just like drawn to certain colors. And um, for me, those colors have always been more like calming, 
um, very neutral tones. So yep. I'm an olive green. I'm an olive green person. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I feel like I've definitely seen you in some olive green aloe outfits, which is perfect that they have that color. Their jungle green is like, literally, it's just like gives my soul life. (laughs) I know their colors are something else. I've been wearing their turquoise pants for the last couple of days because when I put something on, I literally wear it for days on end because I get (laughs) very into it. And everywhere I go, people are complimenting the turquoise. Aloe has the best colors. Oh yeah, they kill it. I know. So with all the amazing experiences that you've had from that have really spurred from having the Southern Yogi on Instagram, um, what has been your favorite experience? If you could pick one out, whether it be travel or the opportunity to meet someone or speak somewhere, do you have a favorite that comes to mind? Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think. I guess actually Oh my gosh, this is so hard. This is so hard just to like pinpoint one thing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So I have one. It's actually like probably because it's like most recent, but it was so cool when we were in Dublin teaching at Wellfest. Um, I had this girl fly out and I'll just like leave her anonymous um, for the sake of like her privacy and everything. But she was like, such a gem. She flew out with her boyfriend, um, from Belgium and she had, was someone that had like been struggling with depression, like hardcore and anxiety. And she has, you know, a kid and had been through like, you know, a, a major breakup and she bought my eBooks and I had no idea that she was, you know, like coming and we got to hang out with them the entire time that we were in, Dublin. And it was so funny because when I met her and her boyfriend in Dublin, I, I, you know, I, she introduced herself by her real name and like me being on Instagram, like I relate people to their Instagram handles just because I'm on like Instagram so much. And so I didn't ring a bell who she was, um, when I met her and I just thought, you know, she was another person that had come to the festival, like whatever we are hanging out with them. And it wasn't until later that night afterwards that she had posted a picture of all four of us on her Instagram. And I was like, wait, oh my gosh, you're, you're this person. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I saw her the next day and she probably thought I was like a crazy person, but I saw her on two of Wellfest and I'm like running up to her. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're going to think I'm like an absolute idiot, but you're this person. Like I've posted you on my ad boss and his page. Like your progress is amazing. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't put like two and two together yesterday. You should have said something, but like, I felt like a fangirl when I saw you post last night. And I was like, immediately like, Oh, like the puzzle pieces all fit together, (laughs) but it was just like hilarious. And I don't know, those are just like always my favorite um, sort of things that are, uh, I guess just a bonus, like from being on Instagram is getting to meet all the amazing, wonderful people that literally take, take and use their vacation time to come see you. And I don't think I will ever be able to wrap my head around that. Um, that's just like, so humbling and overwhelming and that someone would, you know, 
use their vacation time and get a flight and travel to a different country to come take like one of my classes. I just like, well, I don't know. It literally puts a lump in my throat. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's just really, really neat. That's such an awesome story. I think like everybody who has an Instagram can probably relate to, well, maybe not everybody, maybe just people who are on Instagram as much as we are, as heavily as we are, have had the experience of meeting someone and not putting it together that we have talked. (laughs) Like I've had that too, where I'm like, oh my God, that's you. Like, I wish I would have known. I could have thanked you for the years of support, like the best comments ever. And (laughs) It's so funny because it's just hilarious that um, our Instagram names are more recognizable than our own names most of the time, but it makes sense because it's this totally other world and it is a persona of ours. It is. No, it's so funny. Like, I mean, I remember when I guess I first started gaining followers and I'd be like out in public and like once people kind of first started noticing me and I'd be like, hey, like the Southern Yogi. And like, people would be calling me that name, trying to get my attention. And like, I was still so new into it that I wasn't even registering. Like they were trying to get my attention. (laughs) I would just be like, you know, like whoever was with me would be like, um, Morgan, I think they're talking to you. (laughs) I just be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, hi. (laughs) That is amazing. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it, but it's fun. I know. I know. It's one of those things that is, so funny to get accustomed to, but it's part, it's a part of you now, which is amazing. The Southern Yogi is a part of you. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of the Southern Yogi, do you have any projects in the works? Do you have any goals that you're working toward right now? I have my two eBooks out now and like, I can't say what I'm working on, but my next project is not an eBook at all. Um, and it has to do with releasing, um, series of videos for my followers. So something that is not just like pictures and words, but something that they can actually follow along to. So that's kind of like in the works for this year and hopefully something that I'll be able to like talk more about, um, towards the end of the summer and then release, um, in 2018. So I'm really, really excited about it because I do get a lot of requests for, videos and tutorials. And, um, I think like the product that I'm trying to make will really, really kind of help people with all of that. That's going to be so cool. Always nervous about releasing like products. Just, I don't care how many products you release. Like I just like, will never get used to that feeling of like nerves and butterflies in my stomach. Like I hope everybody likes this. (laughs) I know it's so true, but people are going to love it because you're putting so much of yourself into it. And videos are really easy to follow along with. It's kind of something I think that people crave. And I think the same reason why people really enjoy podcasts these days a little bit more, I would say, or more much more that I've noticed, a little bit more than blogs and the way that things were a few years ago. I think that people are craving more connection and more personable experiences where you really 
have a video to watch or a conversation to listen to. And I know in my free time, that's what I like. I would much rather watch a video and like really learn something and then like seriously feel like I know the person afterwards than, um, and I love to read, of course, but like, I feel like the whole um, online sphere is shifting toward a little bit more connectedness that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So we're coming up on our hour here. The final question I have for you today, because this is the Soul on Fire podcast, all about how people who have set their souls on fire live their life. And we know a lot of things that probably set your soul on fire. But what would be your top tip to people who are looking to just live a more inspired life where they fill their time with things that really make them happy? I guess the number one thing I can say is, is realizing that living your inspired life or, you know, following your passion or living your dreams doesn't mean that everything is always going to be like butterflies and rainbows. And that's kind of where the more realistic side of me comes out. Following your dreams is like really freaking hard. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people realize that um, when it's just such a like Pinteresty thing to say, like follow your dreams, like live your passion. And people just automatically think you're going to live like this, like badass, awesome life where nothing ever goes wrong. And like, you know, everything's handed to you on a silver platter. And like, you just, you know, it's all that's ABCD, like everything's lined up for you. And, uh, you know, not, I'm sure not everyone thinks that, but there is like a lot of people wanting to just like throw away the jobs they have now or drop out of school or, you know, make all these rash decisions and not have a game plan. So I, I think the best thing that I can say is if you are wanting to follow your passion, it takes a lot of hard work and time to get to a place where it does kind of like become that effortless effort. Um, I worked full time at Starbucks for six years. And I mean, it wasn't until a year and a half ago where I felt like I was in a place with my yoga, with my eBooks to be able to kind of give that up and pursue yoga. But like I chose that job Starbucks because I knew it was something that would give me flexible hours and give me that extra time to pursue yoga on the side in hopes of making that like, you know, a full time job one day. Um, and so I just think that's something to take into consideration as you are following your dreams is that, you know, really, really just like buckling down and yes, it's an amazing, exciting, crazy, like awesome adventure, but, um, just also preparing yourself for failing forward. Like, I guess that's like the best way to put it is you are failing forward. Like there's no handbook or a manual on how to do it. So yeah, I just, I guess that's probably what I would tell everyone um, about following your passions and living out your dreams. I love that. I think that's going to be so incredibly helpful for people listening because it's practical advice and it's just the truth. Like you could follow your passion for the rest of your days, but that might not lead to um, the happiness that you're looking for necessarily. So it's really finding a way to work it into your life. And um, I think with 
like you said, with diligence and perseverance and patience, then you really can create the wildest dreams, make them your reality. But it takes a whole lot of patience and time and failing forward, like you said. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. It's been like the hugest treat ever to talk to you. And this is why I always say having a podcast is like the coolest thing I've ever decided to do because it enables these conversations to happen. And we've been talking for years with email and we used to send you shirts when I still made (laughs) t-shirts. And I'll always remember all of that. And it's so cool to be able to have a conversation with you. Yes. No, this hour has literally like flown by. It's been such a treat. It's so fun. (laughs) So next time you're in LA... You'll have to do some workshops. I'm sure you will. And I will come and we'll hang out. And I can't wait. Yay. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. And so tell everybody listening where they can find you, where they can buy your eBooks, because they definitely will want to. Okay. So, well, first of all, thank you so much, everyone who's tuned in and spent an hour of your time listening. Really appreciate it. To find out like, where you can locate me on social media. I am the Southern Yogi with underscores in between the words. And then there's a little link in my bio. If you're interested in any of my products, it'll take you straight to my website. And under the little store tab, you can find all of my eBooks and all that good stuff. Yes, they are amazing. You guys will totally want to check them out and follow Morgan's life and Oh, by the way, we cannot get off without me telling you that your cat is the absolute (laughs) cutest, funniest little kitty in the whole world. I feel like him and Hudson, my cat, would be best friends because (laughs) he's so full of personality. It's insane. Oh my gosh, I just adore him. He's such a punk most days, but like I don't even know how to be mad at him because he's just the cutest thing. (laughs) Yes, that's Hudson too. I have like straight up battle wounds on my leg and everywhere I go people are like what happened I'm like oh this was my cat but like he's really good I promise he just didn't want me to leave (laughs) so funny I know well thank you again enjoy your downtime while you're home and I'm sure you have lots of adventures coming up so we will all be sure to check them out 